0: Yeah. So kind of going back to the premise that kind of led me to the, the book is just this idea of even when we are going through hard times, uh, if you kind of look around, really take notice, There's got, there's generally speaking something good that can be seen in those moments. And those are going to be the moments that get you through those hard times. It might be as simple as listening to a song on the radio, singing a song, or, you know, sitting out on the deck of whether it's at home or maybe in a hospital room and seeing that sunshine come in. I, I appreciate those moments. Those are the moments you're going to go back and look upon and, you know, help you get through those other hard times. So look for those little moments and celebrate those. Don't wait for the big moments. Celebrate those little moments.
1: Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance Podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Hey,
2: hey, hey come on in again. It's time for us to get some motivation and inspiration, some encouragement, some hope that we know there we we'll struggle, come in life, hardship. Difficulties come, we can kick it in the teeth and still live a life the best as possible. Doesn't mean it would be something you want to do in life, but it gets us where we can live a better life than we thought would happen while we're going through our situation. Hey, today our guest here, it's going to be awesome. One, again, y'all know, I get anybody that's an athlete, I'm all in for them already, so we're we're, going to give you a heads up. We got some sports here to talk as well. All right. But the guy here today, his book he wrote is called Defeating the Un, the unbeat, beat, beatable." Let me spit that out. Hold on. Beating, de- defeating the unbeatable. All right. He wrote this in response because his wife fought a 10-year battle with brain cancer, and he was the caregiver of her. So let's go ahead and get started. And welcome to the show with the author of the book, Defeating the Unbeatable, is Craig Olson.
0: Hey, thanks for having me
2: on, James. I appreciate it. All right. Uh, I love the cover and everything. And we've talked uh, beforehand a lot of the format that you use with baseball going through the cancer and uh, caregiving and stuff with the wife and you and, and things. And, uh, you know, for sports people... It would bring things in home with them, uh, home plate. There you go, uh, with them, and so understanding. So, but uh, for other people, uh, it, it would still help them as well, even if they're not sports related.
0: For sure, for sure, yeah. It's it's kind of a multifaceted book in which, even though my chapters are all baseball themed, um, within them I also give general. Uh, kind of connections that I made with other people in their daily walks, as well as biblical references. So I was able to go into each one of my chapters and try and kind of relate them back to biblical stories as well. Um, Growing up playing baseball, it was fun for me to kind of infuse my love for the sport into something that I felt could be very beneficial to people going through struggles really in general. I mean, even though cancer was kind of the main focus of the book, Lots of other connections people can make to that as well.
2: Well, and you know as well as I do, Ben, we played sports and uh, like this, that sports teaches a lot in life. You know sure. We sure. learn to be a gracious loser, even though it may take a while when you're younger to <laughs> to do that. It took me a while to do that. Um, but ho- uh, hopefully a humble winner, I mean uh, there's nothing worse than a jerk winner than a sore loser. Oh, for and, sure, for sure. And, you know. So from there, uh, but you know, you learn to play as a team. You learn to change and adjust. I mean, there's a lot of stuff sports teaches in life. So for sure,
0: yes, it does, and it's it's cool that for the those of us that enjoy sports, kind of in general, how much maybe not in the moment growing up, but when we look back as we get a little older, just all the lessons that we learned from them and. Um, hoping I got two young boys hoping that can kind of instill some of those uh, learnings early on in their lives to maybe help them see it a little sooner than I might have came across some of these learnings.
2: There you go. And um, just to uh, get the uh, ball a little going more interesting here, rarely do you see left-handed pitchers, even though there's more common nowadays. Hey, but you're looking at two people right here that were left-handed pitchers. All right. Yeah. I wish i took a picture a couple of years ago. They were inducting some people into our um, wall of fame on the baseball field. Oh. And the two, the four people in the picture were all left-handed players. That's and awesome. it was me and my brother. We're both left-handed. And then two other players that we actually coached in Babe Ruth. Oh, wow. And so, so- all, we all four of us got our picture taken and I wish I'd have got a copy of that I never got no one sent it to me and it you know I would say hey what's uh you know what's the original theme here and uh oh that's cool. they, could, they could say you know with both of us coach both of them and whatever but all four of us was left handed players not all of us left handed pitchers but we were left handed players that's so, cool that's yeah, cool so to see that many so all right but we're getting off the topic here we, <laughs> we better get back on here you and I can discuss this but Everybody else liable to run. All right, so let's get into this year. You were a caregiver and caretaker of your wife who went through this uh, brain cancer for years, and so you hop in and go ahead and start. Where right. You think you need to, and I'll I'll jump in when I can.
0: Perfect. So, um, kind of story goes back. We uh, were high school sweethearts, growing up in Montana. Um, we got married when we were twenty, so pretty young. Uh, but. We were headed to North Dakota so I could go play b- baseball at North Dakota State University. Played a year there and made the hard decision to decide, mm, maybe baseball, you know, I've got my run of getting to play D1, but now kind of got to move on with my life and start living for other reasons. So we continued to go to school, though, at North Dakota State. And um, February of 2009, we were getting ready for Super Bowl party. And just so happened that I was at the table and all of a sudden I hear a thunk in the bathroom, go into uh, my wife, Rachel having seizures, wasn't sure exactly what was going on. She'd been healthy all along. And we kind of just at that point started this journey that, uh, was full of all kinds of different emotions from highs and lows kind of all around and, um, never really sure what the next day or even the next moment would bring, um, from where we were going to go there was the idea initially doctors were thinking oh this might be a stage two brain cancer which i mean at that level it's a lot more of there's a lot more opportunity for surviving it and kind of moving forward in a positive direction Um, we ended up moving to seattle and she had her surgery done there in about Oh, I think it was about a week and a half, week, week and a half after her surgery, the doctors came in and told us that it actually wasn't um, a grade two and it was actually grade four glioblastoma, which, you know, we all, once we hear of any kind of sickness now we go to the most reliable source, you know, of all time, the internet. That's right. Um, it, it went the, uh, the confidence that you hope to have kind of, sucker punches you when you see all of a sudden, maybe 18 months for the best of them. And so, I mean, going from being 20, 21, newly meds, uh, all this life ahead of us to now, you know, at most we might get a total of three years of marriage at that point. And so it was, a uh, definitely, uh, heart-wrenching experience, but one of the coolest things, and it was kind of a theme that led into uh, my book and really kind of fits with your idea of perseverance is uh, my wife looked straight ahead and said, let's do it. Let's get started in that moment when we had just been dealt what felt to be the biggest sucker punch in history. And it was kind of like, well, shoot, she's the one going through it. I got to get on board here.
2: Get on board and support.
0: Yes, for sure. Yeah, it was uh, very interesting. And um, one of the things I learned a lot kind of going through this too is I grew up being a rock for everyone else. You know, that moral support for anybody. If you needed someone to talk to, if you needed someone to whatever it may be, I was there for you. And I early on, I was ignoring those signs that that wasn't beneficial to me. Um, such as I had a water bottle in my hand one day and got some bad news that just continued to snowball, you know, and it had a lot of water in it. And all of a sudden I looked down and that water bottle would went from normal size to now it was like a crushed can. And Mm -hmm. I was like, "Mm, there's something going on there. And, uh,
2: this is where you weren't seeking for someone to be your rock. This is where you're holding it in and trying to be strong and not uh, showing uh, weakness.
0: Yes, exactly. And, you know, it's something that I write I about in the book is just that idea of we, we can't do it alone. You know, you got to have that team. And that is one of the chapters I've got in my book is understanding your team's going to come in different forms. And, you know, initially you got all the team in the world, but you still got to have that core kind of, you know, your 25 man roster that you have to, really lean on the most and you've got the rest of the team that kind of ebbs and flows based on your journey in life and that was a learning experience for sure and took a lot of uh thumps before i finally kind of figured out that you know as much as you're a rock for everyone else you got to have people be a rock for you too
2: exactly yeah You. yeah, yeah. the old saying you know um The long ranger had Tonto with him, so you know, we we've got to have someone. I don't care. Even again, go back to sports. I don't care if you're an individual sporting thing. You know, whether you're a swimming, golfing, tennis player, whatever else. What do you have around you to make you be successful? You got your coach, your trainer, your nutritionist, whatever else. Uh, Nowadays, you know, I got those psychiatrists and psychologists. You know, for them, we didn't have all that back then when I was playing. But yeah, so they, even though they're playing as an individual, they've got this community group around them to provide for for them. For sure,
0: it's it's not always a specialized group either. I mean, they've all they've all got different things, maybe unique that don't even relate to specifically what you're going through. But we've all got them in different areas, and you know, sometimes we don't always know how to. Seek help from them. And, you know, sometimes they'll ask you, how can you help? How can they help you? How can they help you? And you're, if you're a rock type personality, it, it's hard for you to even know what you need. And it's so, hard to know like, what
2: you need. And also, it's uh, hard to ask. So, it, for sure. You know, it's, it comes to, I, I, I had to learn that uh, when I first got hurt, you know, for ask help the first time. And so you, you 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 feel, I don't know. You you just feel like I'm not doing the best I can if I have to ask someone to help me. Or you know, it's just hard to ask to be humble uh, for that. But it's a great attribute to have, though, to be able to. It's not weak to ask for help. It's to me weakness when you don't ask for and sure. So. And
0: and I got to see a lot of the benefits of that. I mean, after she got out of surgery, simple as just. Hey, I need to go get some food in me. I need to go take a walk. And the ability then to come back into a situation after you've taken that break, it's, it's amazing how it just little breaks can keep you going and um, see it throughout kind of our whole journey from, um, her, you know, telling them her maybe 12, 18 months at most, and then getting to experience all kinds of different things. Um, she eventually got to the point where she got to go back to college. We got to go back to college and she graduated, graduated with a teaching degree with um, it's kind of a joke that we had, but she had three fourths of a brain after her mm-hmm. surgery, they took out a quarter of her brain, but she was still smarter than probably 90% of the world. And it was like, you know, a blessing in that respect. And um, to the point where we decided, Hey, she was stable. Can we, maybe try and have kids, which, you know, you look at anything online and the doctors were all saying, yeah, it's not going to happen. But she was Mm -hmm. stable. So we decided, you know what, let's see what happens. And uh, I'm now got a nine-year-old and
2: a six-year-old, both healthy as can be. And um, See, I, I would think that would have been something. And what was, what was your wife's name? Rachel. Rachel. Now, I would have think that, like you said, she's stable now. We're not going through all the big fight, like, early. Mm-hmm. And if she was up for this, because you would, you know, she wants to leave children behind, for sure. a legacy behind, carry some of her DNA behind, you know. Um, I, 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 I would have think the doctor said, may not be the best thing, but if this is what y'all really want, that we'll we'll do anything we can to support you to make it a safe delivery and stuff like it. For sure. I would have thought, because again, this would give her some hope, you know, I'm going to be a mother and this would give her more positivity, more example, more energy to want to stay alive and and do. I would thought, I would, I would think that would be a lot different than what you're saying uh, on other research papers and stuff. And, than that, yeah. I yeah, mean, I understand it, that scientifically they're going, they're going. Eh, it's not good for da 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 whatever else. I understand, but you got to look at all the other stuff that's involved. Let's keep her happy. Let's keep her energized. And if she thinks being a mother can do this, let's try it
0: for sure. And and that's kind of the premise, kind of behind the title of my book of defeating the unbeatable. I mean, we can't beat death really in the form of you know today the way we think about death in society is you're dead you're done and you're given this uh you know terminal cancer diagnosis but in spite of that being able to even uh before and after when she started having a reoccurrence the idea of oh it's we're going through a hard time this sucks but getting to experience some positivity in even in those moments and so like on our way to go to treatments just enjoying car rides together and getting to listen to music, but then extending it to, all right, you've been stable this long. Let's go in and let's talk to the doctors about, is it possible for us to at some point try? And, you know, they came across said kind of following the science thing, kind of like you were mentioning, well, you know, kind of we back and forth and they said, all right, here's what we can do. We can give you a year, get you off treatments for a year. Let's see what happens. And if at, at that year point, after treatments are all kind of should be out of your system for the most part, if everything still looks good, why not? We'll, we'll see what happens. And for those next shoot, probably five, six years, they were calling her the poster child, uh, child for brain cancer. I mm-hmm. mean, she was with all the different things going on. And it was, it was really cool to see that um, joy and that spark and that positivity in spite of Kind of always in the back of your mind, never knowing is all of a sudden tomorrow going to be the day where we have to go back into fighting this, or is it all going to continue to move forward? And in spite of, you know, I tried being as positive as always as I could be and being super excited and, you know, looking to the future, but also enjoying that present time. But, you know, I'd be lying if I said there was never anything in the back of my mind thinking, what what could happen. And I I mean, still to this day, um, I've got some things where if I hear a thud out of nowhere, you know, with someone in the house, I I feel my heart skip a beat and go running to see what's going on, just cause it was still, you know, such a big thing in my life. But yeah, just really uh kind of understanding that the, it, that internet, when we look things up and the negativity that we see throughout society, we got to kind of take control of saying, Hey, it might suck. There's a lot of suck, sucky things going on in our lives, but if there's something I can enjoy and take advantage of, I need to do it. Cause that's what gets me going. And, uh, that joy and that motivation was something that all her doctors talked about. And it was awesome to see that, you know, you, you never know what life's going to throw at you. And um, I re- I got remarried a couple years ago to an oncology pharmacist, which was very interesting to end up kind of how mm-hmm. things back. And it's a conversation her and I have had a lot too, is just her seeing those patients that had that positive attitude and like, Hey, I got something to live for. I'm going to keep going and pushing are the ones that are doing the best. Whereas those ones that, you know, if you've got nothing to kind of motivate you,
2: Yeah, that's it. If you if you're struggling already and you're going through this, it's it's going to be a little, I would think, more difficult. Okay. Hey, my doctor doctorate is not in medical, is not in, so you be sure to consult all your doctors, get your care team all don't listen to what I have to say, because it's worthless. Okay. (laughs) It's just me throwing my two cents out there. And my two cents out there, of course, you know, today inflation, my two cents is really worth a nickel. Uh, even though it's still two cents. And so, uh, but uh, yeah, I would, I I would think, I mean, if we keep people as positive as possible going through whatever uh, it gives them that strength and hope, you know, try to go that extra day. Uh, I know a woman that passed away um, and hers was in cancer. It was in the uh, colon and her biggest thing then when she was right at the death thing, she didn't want to die at Christmas for her family to think Christmas is death day for mama the rest of their life. And she lived into a uh, second week of January, I think. And, but that was her main goal was to get past Chris. So they didn't relate Christmas with her death. And that's, that's a great positive thing to do. You're thinking again of someone else, not yourself.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. You bring that story up because, um, when rachel was finally to the point where they knew it wasn't going to be anymore they asked her you know what do you want to get to and at that point she was nonverbal. she could kind of uh use her hands to kind of explain things and she held up a a two for and that was meaning our youngest second birthday she wanted to get past that and his birthday is december 1st and she come and gone through december 1st doing all right and um she actually passed away on a Christmas morning, Christmas morning of 2017. But it was very interesting, um, kind of thinking about it in hindsight. And I uh, can't remember who said it to me, but it was like they said, "For us, it's like the hardest Christmas we'll ever have, but for her, it was the best Christmas in the world in history."
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know,
0: getting to wake up. And celebrate Jesus' birthday with Jesus. And yeah, I mean no
2: more pain and sorrow. And now you're with the ultimate king and yeah, yeah, and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So see, that's also a difference in the way people view things that we know are I don't want to say non Christian because there's plenty of other religious spiritual things going on. And I don't think the one group is better than the others. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but you can find non believers. We'll say that way compared to uh, believers, and so with her, you know, like you just said, someone so told you where it's going to be the hardest Christmas day for y'all. It's going to be the ultimate for her, and that's that's a good way to look at that and explain that to the kids that get uh, as they get older. That uh, yeah, from there for so, sure, yeah. And so that that was a great goal of your of Rachel was with the two I'm assuming she didn't want to pass away on the second birthday yeah, or she wanted to yeah, get that way it does it. Yeah. That the way, way it day. does. That way the, the, the child doesn't celebrate a birthday and celebrate death. Right. Exact. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was a, that was an ultimate, a, a, a sacrifice of trying to go further. So that, that, that's great too as well. Yeah. For sure.
0: For sure. And, um, and it just kind of all led in, um, kind of understanding uh with regards to just kind of connecting the book back and to where this all came from was just this idea of um when she started getting uh diagnosed i felt lost there wasn't any really big specific books that i could relate to there was kind of the ones of maybe from a, a a person going through it themselves fighting cancer or it was people that were dealing with grief and not really much from the spouse perspective or just kind of general how to go about doing this new life, this new, uh, unnormal that becomes your normal. And that was kind of where I decided to go with this is because I felt so lost that I figured, you know what, I've got my knowledge, kind of like you said, with your two cents, five cents type thing, it it might not help somebody, but if it does, that that's the whole goal in life is to be able to help someone else. You know, it's, if you leave an impression on someone, maybe someone was able to, you know, find something good in a difficult situation. Who's read this book. That, that was another legacy that I feel that through me, Rachel was able to leave behind as well. And I can't help, but share that out. And it's been really cool to see that uh, my wife, Tasha, now she was another one that pushed me to share this. And so another support of, Hey, this is something that could help somebody. I know you're passionate about it. Get it out there, um, and I—I I feel for me it was therapeutic as well. I can—I'll tell you right now, I never thought I'd even write anything more than a paper that I had to get through school with. I hear you. I hear you. I'm an awful writer, but you know, um, it became an outlet for me, and I
2: was so excited. To- and and I, I'm all for. I believe everybody ought to write a book, if nothing else, it's on their life, how they've grew up and tell their stories that way their great grandkids can read that one day about how grandmom was. And <laughs> so I, I wished I would have pushed this on my grandparents when they were around, especially, oh, yeah. especially with today's technology. It's so easy to get self-published if you don't want to do the the other route and yep, just for to, sure. just for to sure. keep it in. But even if you didn't do a book book, I believe people ought to put it on paper. One is therapeutic. It's getting your thoughts out and releasing some stress and moving on. And then even if it's only a um, manuscript, you can still share it, let uh, people read it in years to come. And so I'm, I'm all for people need to get their stuff out there just for the other people to see how you were. And I, I'm a big believer that sometimes we go through struggles is to prove to us how strong we really are. And people are watching us, whether we know it or not, and they're going to see how we react to how we do things. And they're going to emulate you. Oh, for to sure. Try, to try to do. You know, there's people you have no clue that was watching how you and Rachel were going through this. And then they're going to pull on that strength. 20 years now, 20 years from now, you remember how Craig and Rachel and, man, I'm, 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 I am I'm got I got this difficulty. I'm going to dig down and get the same strength from the, like they had. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it and is, it's,
0: really, it's really cool to see kind of how people connect with it, too. Um, so I'm a I'm a middle school math teacher now, and it's really interesting that some of the conversations I'll be able to have with kids that are going through a hard time and being able to have something where I can relate to them, you know, in some capacity. I'm a firm believer, though, that we all have our unique situations that in spite of the fact of going through quote unquote the same thing it's never the same thing We all something different unique to uh each situation but it's kind of cool to be able to say hey i i get your struggles i know you're struggling through hard time i can't necessarily feel what you're feeling but i do have some experience in some of this stuff how can i help can we work together and pull something from each other really in that situation it's pretty cool to kind of see um some of those conversations how kids can kind of open up a little bit more and it's it's something that's pretty exciting
2: uh two things here that uh, mentions i used to teach middle school science okay and uh, coached our girls basketball team and um i always get that wrong But right there you see basketball we won the uh, state championship one year
1: oh that's and awesome so
2: but um so, so I'm very into, you You really got your hands full of them seventh graders with all <laughs> them hormones and everything going around and, and the ups and downs and all that. So I understand all that. And um, another thing, you may or may not know when someone's read your book that they come and tell you. I mean, they they might, but you you're not going to know everybody out there. But when someone comes and tells you how your book is helping them, man, you're going, to feel, you're going to feel the world just hallelujah and everything. And uh, my first book I wrote is How I Got in the Wheelchair and Overcoming and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a quick story here, it, I got into speaking and, uh, you know, to be a motivational and inspirational speaker. And there was twice in my career where I thought, this is just not going like I wanted to go not like God had to go in his way, but it wasn't going like I wanted. Yeah. And I said, I'm done with this speaking crap. I'm just going to move on. And hey, all right, here's where the story picks up. I did that about a year apart. Okay. From each other that I'm done speaking on that same day. I go to the store, walk in my service dog and everything. Two people uh, come up to me and says, Hey, uh, I read your book. I'm going to let you know that uh, it's going to help me. And so then my question to them is, how did you get my book? Did someone refer it to you? Uh, did you stumble across it in, you know, Googling it? Uh, did you find it laid in a trash can in a gutter? You know, and, and I'll ask them that. But here's where both of them told the same answer a year apart. Your book is in the county prison library. Oh, wow. That's cool. I was locked up and read your book. And so when you hear stories like that, Craig, you're going to, you're going to be thankful that God put it on your heart and other people. So do you need to write this and Rachel to get her story out and show how strong she was through all this? Uh, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to be very thankful when, when stuff awesome. like that happens. Yeah. No, that's really cool. And really- both times, so both times I'm going, Dang, God, you got to kick me in the butt after I said <laughs> I'm quitting. You do that twice. So now I don't say that. I just realize and know that I don't have to know that I'm helping, but I know it's out there. It does feel good to know it, you know, that you're on the right track. But For you got sure. to realize we don't have to know it. But again, sure. one day you're going to get a letter, an email. Someone's person will tell you how your book helped and you're going to be thankful you wrote it.
0: That's awesome.
2: No, that's really cool That. To-
0: hear those stories because you're right you never know when it's going to make an impact i mean we don't i i didn't do it to get notoriety you know anything whatever it
2: was it was it's to help the next person come in the best that you can and we're on this big ball of dirt i don't know all the reasons why we're here but i firm believer one of the top 10 reasons we're here is to help each other for sure for sure so yes definitely and let me ask this question here. You, you and I, we've talked to uh, more sports we probably need to for the people <laughs> that are non-sports. But um, uh, Rachel, with her at the very beginning taking this head on, all right, let's do this, you know, when they you know, told her it's stage four, and all right, let's do this, and if we're going to do the best we can, we're going to move forward and go as long as we can. Had these two children, uh, didn't you say from the diagnosis – from what I read, uh, y'all went through this for about 10 years? Well, just right around 10 years, yes. Yeah. And so even though the other stuff you read on uh internet said roughly about 18 months. Yes. Uh, from yes. her diagnosis. But and she that went was 10 the- years.
0: You couldn't find much after that.
2: Yeah. And so 10 years. All right. Let's get into did she play sports? I got to know this now. The sports, was she competitive? I mean, even if it wasn't sports, was she competitive in beauty pageants cool. or something? Yeah, she you know, did. That?
0: Yeah, um, she. so um, she did do some beauty stuff growing up. And then in high school, it, we were the cliche. She was a cheerleader. There you and go. I was quarterback, prom, and queen, but we were uh-huh. competitive. Given everything we play games you know board games card games uh we play around the world all the time and even when she could barely you know shoot a basketball because of how weak her right side was i could rarely beat her it never failed and around the world i just could not beat her so yes mm-hmm.
2: she was a very competitive okay person. so some uh, beauty pages but cheerleading See, same thing it's a team sport and yep. they got their team competitions and things. Same, so I, I just uh, had to ask that if yeah, that sure. was part of her DNA for her. You know, once you're into sports, you just got that competition level in you. And when they tell you things, you you refer back to those competitions. This is how I'm going to handle it the same way. For sure, for sure. So, all right. Now here's one question that you'd put over here, and. I don't know if I disagree with it as much, but I want to ask you anyway. It says, what are your thoughts? No, it's not that. Um, It was the one. It's this one. Nope, nope. Maybe I misread it a different way, but it's something about regret. Maybe I misread it. I thought there was something about. Did you have any regrets about what going when you went through any of this? Because I was going to say, yeah. What is one big regret you have from your experience of going through the cancer with your spouse? Uh-huh. That's that's the one question. Yeah, and uh, I don't agree with the regret there, Craig, because um, we do the best we can. Right, yeah, we regret that everybody went through all this stuff, but mm-hmm. uh, we go through it, and we got to go. Um, I mean, so I wouldn't think there would be a big disappointment of what I mean because you gave your best to Rachel while she was doing her best, and yeah, I think I, it, I, for me, I, I would refrain, restructure that, or just throw that out off your, off your your profile. Yeah, about and, you know, about and, the regret. Um, I, I guess I mean again, we all regret going through it. We all regret. You going through it, even though she was the one physically going through it, mm-hmm. but you're going through it emotionally, spiritually, mentally with her, you know, so,
0: yeah, I think the biggest thing maybe is just that idea. Of maybe I agree regrets, you know there's there's things that we just can't change, but maybe. Um, something that, you know, looking back on was just those ideas of those little moments that maybe you don't really fully understand the impact in that time, kind of that hindsight tweet thing, kind of like we talked about earlier with sports and trying to raise the boys with that kind of understanding is, um, being able to look back and kind of really in those moments. And, um, maybe at the time I didn't appreciate them to the level that mm-hmm. maybe I would have, but uh, you know, I, it's just being able to look back and or even in the moment and be like, hey, there!" in spite of this negativity, there is something special I can take from this living in it, being there. So, yeah, I, I don't necessarily think of it as a regret as much. It's just a um, acknowledgement might be a mm-hmm. better way of looking at it.
2: OK, yeah, because even when you're talking, then when you're going through the moment, it's a lot different than 20 years later, you know, because sure. then you're looking back and then you don't want to beat yourself up because you didn't take advantage of some certain thing, or you looked at it a little different because then things were different.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. 20 years later,
2: 10 years later. Yeah. So yeah.
0: Beating yourself up. Ain't going to help you with anything. It's not going to do anything to help you. You know, it's everything's got an opportunity for a learning experience. And we, like you said, we do the best we can. We know we can always do b- better. We're imperfect people. That's just the na- nature of our humanity and just doing the best we can and hoping that um, we focus on those good things and go from there, you know.
2: Oh, yeah. So uh, we're 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 uh, I mentioned this in another podcast for, you know, here we are the higher intelligence and we overcomplicate or overthink things uh, <laughs> a, a lot of times. And so, you know, things could be different, whatnot. But yeah, you know, we're the higher creature, but we make things sometimes more difficult than we should. So, for sure. So, all right. Uh, all right. Craig, man, this has been awesome meeting you again. I mean, you and I could talk just another hour oh, just on go. the sporting thing here. <laughs> so, uh, again, you'd just be you and me, though. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, hey, go ahead and tell us your uh, website and social media and how people can get hold of your book. Awesome. So, yeah, so I've got my book website, which is uh, a uh, gregory
0: com forward slash defeat, which Gregory, a little side note, nickname that my wife Tasha gave me recently. So it's stuck with me. So um, and then on Facebook, it's just defeating the unbeatable. I've got a Facebook page right there for it. And then. I've started a uh, weekly YouTube channel where I just do little three to five minute videos on kind of inspirational topics that some are related to the book. Sometimes they're not. And that's called defeating weekly. So feel free to check any of those out. Um, I got some contact information directly to me on the website as well as um, on Facebook. I love hearing from people and feel comfortable sharing and talking with anyone that's interested as well.
2: And I'll put the, uh, in the show notes for other people to come in and they can click and find you quicker, okay. uh, from there as well. So, all right, Craig, I'm glad you mentioned, uh, your new wife's name, uh, say Tasha.
0: Yes. Tasha. Yep. Yeah,
2: so we didn't want to exclude her that, I mean, cause she's coming into a special circumstance, for sure. you know, and, and my mom and my, my real dad, I've never met him. Uh Well, he died when I was, when I was 35, he passed away. No, he was 35 when I was 12, he passed away, but I never met him. Um They divorced before my first birthday. And so my dad, my mom, my dad, my mom remarried my dad. And I always tell people he was the one that I consider even though his stepdad, he was my dad. He was the one that loved me when I needed it. He was the one that busted my butt when I needed it. And he was my dad. So hopefully your boys are doing the same, knowing that she's not a substitute, that for sure. she's coming in in a special circumstances. And for her to come in like that, it's a, and for my dad to come in like he did, it takes a special person to do that. For sure. So And so, and sure. so I, I'm glad that, you're able to find that special person, Tasha. My mom was able to find him uh, as well. So, yes. All right. Uh, hey, uh, Craig, you know, we, there's people out there hurting and struggling. And if we could uh, leave them with a powerful message to help them get through today, that'd be a blessing, man.
0: Yeah. So kind of going back to the premise that kind of led me to the, the book is just this idea of even when we are going through hard times, uh if you kind of look around, really take notice, there's got there's generally speaking something good that can be seen in those moments. And those are gonna be the moments that get you through those hard times. It might be as simple as listening to a song on the radio, singing a song, or you know, sitting out on the deck of whether it's at home or maybe in a hospital room and seeing that sunshine come in. I, I appreciate those moments. Those are the moments you're gonna go back and look upon and you know, help you get through those other hard times. So look for those little moments and celebrate those. Don't wait for the big moments.
2: Celebrate those little moments. The little moments will gather to big moments in the long run. So, for yes. Sure. Yes. All yeah. right. Hey, I appreciate you coming on, Craig, sharing your story with about Rachel and glad the boys and uh, Tasha are doing uh, great with you, uh, everything uh, going from there. And so anyone else that uh you're coming in, share this out to someone you know to need some uh, hope, some inspiration. I hey, uh, Have a good time. You're going to listen in to Craig. Uh, a little laughter and humor today with us. Uh, not everything has to be so serious. That's right. uh, even though during serious times, it still doesn't have to be all serious. The little, you know, they say, they we're still saying that the laughter is the best medicine. Oh, for and sure. So, and go from there. All right. So everyone else do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis.
1: Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. For motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at ProfessorofPerseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance.